0: All right. Before we jump into the conversation with Lindsay, our regular Monday guest, and, and myself, uh, we recorded that early Sunday morning. Rumors were heavy, and we talk about it throughout that show, but. Um, obviously, since Sunday morning, the rumors have been confirmed. Auburn quarterback Bonick suffered an ankle injury at the hands of Mississippi State. Uh, we all saw him kind of hobbling around and fighting through the pain. Looks like he re-aggravated something towards the end of the game, which was later confirmed by Justin Hokanson. That long, deep pass to Javarius Johnson in the third quarter is when he got hit and injured it again, made his ankle significantly worse, according to reports, and that's kind of what they're dealing with right now. So it sounds like he will have surgery, and he will miss the rest of the season. Early Sunday, the timetable stuff wasn't quite solidified, so we touch on that a little bit, but obviously uh, T.J. Finley went in to replace Bo Nix at the end of the game, and T.J. Finley appears to be the guy who will start in South Carolina Next week, and then, of course, the following week uh, in the Iron Bowl against Alabama. So, obviously, there's been a a lot of folks that are pro-Bo Nix, a lot of folks that are pro-T.J. Finley. We will get to see that. But, of course, the most important thing, uh, thoughts and prayers towards Bo Nix. You know that that guy is a fighter. You can say what you want about him. He wants to be out there with his football team. And so, it's going to be tough for him to, to not be out there and not be Auburn's quarterback for the remainder of the season. So... TJ Finley's got his hands full. It's going to be tough not to judge everything he does, but you've got to remember, and we touch on this later in today's show, but he hasn't had 10 weeks worth of starting reps. And at this point of the season, that's kind of something that you need uh, to, to be able to compete at a high level. So take that into consideration when you're watching him this Saturday, and we'll talk about this all week here on Locked on Auburn. But wanted to touch on this. Lindsay and I talk about it as if, it, as if, it, excuse me, as if it's, um, as if it's probably going to happen, but it's still, it still just rumor at that point. But uh, reports have been there. Hey, Hokinson of AuburnLive.com also talked about Anders Carlson. It appears that he has torn his ACL and he will miss the rest of the season as well. So, all in all, a of uh, a pretty much a, a terrible, worst case scenario. For Auburn football is what happened Saturday night. All right, let's jump into the rest of the show. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished
1: crushing some chicken parm, and I'm am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, On this Money Monday, the Auburn banker himself, Lindsey Crosby, joins us as he does every week. And what an absolute disaster we watched Saturday as the Auburn Tigers um, just... Probably the biggest collapse in program history is what we got to watch against Mississippi State, Lindsey, a team that Auburn is better than, faster than, bigger than, more talented than. None of it mattered in the second half because Mississippi State could do no wrong and Auburn could do no right. And we all saw it coming. It was just like death from a million paper cuts. Terrible, terrible Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, that was not very cash money of the Auburn Tigers there to uh, just decide not to play defense for three quarters um so i will say this and i people who listen to the show a lot and are on our discord know this uh, i am an atlanta sports fan i'm a braves fan i'm a falcons fan got my world series merch right here atlanta champs um now auburn fans know what it feels like to blow a 28 to 3 lead and this wasn't even a championship this was just a regular season game yeah um that was, I think, the worst part you touched on is we saw it coming. Right. You, like midway through the third quarter, I was like, okay, yeah, no, we have zero answers for this. We do not know what to do. And they just sco- started scoring on every single possession. Like that was the hardest part. It'd be different if it was fluky, mm-hmm. if it was fluke, you know, a tipped pass caught for a touchdown. A fumble recovery. No, this was just second second half started. Will Rogers starts moving the ball at will, and you're like, oh no, we're in trouble. And it just keeps happening. And he he had more touchdown passes in the second half than incompletions. Right. I mean, just awful, awful showing by yeah. the defense, the players, and the coaching staff. And the offense didn't help him out any. And just what a what a rough game.
0: Will Rogers, 44-55 of 55 passing, 415 yards, six touchdowns against this Auburn defense that really That's didn't a do a whole lot to adjust, a whole lot to change. They were very um, happy with rushing three uh, for the vast majority of the game, which is interesting. Then you saw them start blitzing a little bit, and then a fourth guy, and then they actually got pressure. But... Yeah, the fifty-five dropbacks. I think Auburn had two sacks, which is not enough. And that's something that I talked about all week. Is like I don't think Auburn's pass rush is going to be good enough to to slow down Mississippi State. I didn't think it would be to this degree, but I did say that was the matchup where like I don't like that one. I don't like that going into this game, and unfortunately, it, it transpired the way that it did. But you know, the we'll talk about the quarterback situation a little bit later in the show. But you know, the whole. Bo Nix, TJ Finley dynamic is still a fascinating conversation that Auburn fans are determined to have. But there were just so many different things outside of the quarterbacks where it's like, okay, uh, Tank Bixby could not run the football. He could not get that going. And in fact, Auburn's rushing attack, while well, technically it had 106 yards on the day, 57 of them were from Javarius Johnson's catch and run on that RPO, but it was a backwards pass, so it counts as a run. But his fifty-seven yards, if you take that out, Auburn was abysmal on the ground. And take Bixby was sixteen of forty-one. He scored two touchdowns, but two point six yards per carry. That is not good enough, especially when this offense is not consistent enough. But Lindsay, the thing that's so crazy about all of this is the offense looks so clean, so crisp in the first half, where it's like, okay, this is kind of gonna be a bounce back game. And then all of a sudden, you know, if he could do this against South Carolina, uh, based on, you know, what, with what happened with Ole Miss and A&M, it's like the Iron Bowl could mean something. And Auburn didn't do their part. And because they just totally, totally fell apart in the second half. Um, Bo was asked about that in the postgame presser. And he had this answer about how, like, it went dead for a little bit and, like, the momentum was never brought back. Weird answer. Probably a little too honest, but... I'm cool with it. It's fine. I think people are picking that apart, saying like he's blaming it on the crowd. I don't think that's it at all. But um, he's just talking about there was a moment where momentum shifted and Auburn never got it back. I think he was true on that. So I don't yeah, know, man. Happened. Where where do you want to start with all of this?
1: All right. So first thing I want to do is just make you make you feel even worse about that whole Will Rogers thing. Okay. Because I want to point out. That I, I have it right here. He started five of 11. Right. So then after that, he went 39 of 44 with six touchdowns. <laughs> so, so like he only after the first quarter, he threw three incompletions. He doubled up incompletions to touchdowns. Like it's, I understand the air raid is designed to neutralize your pass rush. You want to get the ball out quickly. And Auburn obviously was not getting there with three. Right. And at a certain like at a certain point in time, you have to decide. Okay, I'm gonna send a fourth rusher from somewhere. And you saw Mason do that after we lost the lead. It took 40 unanswered points for Derek Mason to say, "Okay, maybe we should try something else." And it seems to me it reminds me a lot of how Gus Malzahn would just consistently like call a dive up the middle even when it hasn't worked for three quarters he's like I'm just this is what I do right this is gonna happen this is how we're gonna do it and he just wouldn't give up on it until it was too late and I feel like that's the biggest confusing thing to me is why did it take 40 unanswered points for Derek Mason to make a simple adjustment as sending a fourth guy and when he did we saw the first time he did that it was a sack The second time he did that, right after it, it would have been a sack if not for that TD Moultrie call that I really want to take a minute and talk about probably next segment. Sure. But why did it take so long to make such a simple adjustment when we all knew that was something you should have done
0: before you gave up 40 points? This is a fireable offense, right? I'm not saying anyone's going to get fired, but you could, right? Like you could fire people after this performance.
1: One, it's 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 the first season, and so you're hesitant to fire a coordinator in the first season, but this was a fireball offense.
0: Yeah, you can't this let was, this I mean, happen. It, if it was against Bama or Georgia and you just had a really hot first quarter and maybe you were turned to kick for a touchdown, and had a defensive score or something, and it's like, oh wow, you're up 25 points against a team that's better than you. And then they came back and did this. I think we're feeling a little bit different. This is a team. Mississippi State is not better than Auburn, especially injured Jordan here stadium. That's that to me is the thing is who it is, who it is definitely plays a part in this big equation. I think this is totally a fireball offense. Do I think yeah. that folks will get fired? I don't know. I, I really don't. As we record this early Sunday morning, uh, no one has, but I, I just, I don't think you can just let this go. And from a messaging standpoint, like, this isn't okay. I mean, this was the biggest collapse in program history. And you you, you, can't, you can't just sit there and be like, okay, yeah, the answer to this is we're just going to push our guys harder this week in practice. I, I think there has to be something that happens here.
1: I don't see Auburn firing anybody right now. But if Derek Mason is not the defensive coordinator next year and you gave Brian Harson truth serum, he would tell you it's because of this game. Now, I don't know if 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 Mason's going to be here or not. I don't know if he's going to get a job offer to be a head coach somewhere else or if we're going to get him, encourage him to move on or whatever. But if he's not the coordinator and you, Brian Harson was required to tell the truth, he would tell you it's because we gave up 40 unanswered points
0: to Mississippi State. Um, do you think Derek Mason is Auburn's DC next year? I do not. I don't think he is. I do not anymore, no. And, and To me, it's been
1: something, not necessarily, he's a good defensive coach. Let's, let's, let's put that out there. He is a good defensive coach, but he's too inflexible as far as what he wants to do versus the personnel he has. We've seen Auburn in recent history put a bunch of defensive backs, a bunch of cornerbacks in the NFL. I want to say there's four guys on rosters right now that are starters that were Auburn cornerbacks under the previous regime. And every single one of them was known for their athleticism and their abilities in man coverage. And, and Derek Mason has said, no, I'm a zone guy. This is what I'm going to do. And he's been in my mind, a little too rigid with it. And I don't see Auburn saying, yeah, let's keep him around. Obviously this is working because he's too, he's too unwilling to make adjustments like we and we saw that on Saturday.
0: Yeah, you have a first-round corner on your roster right now, in Roger McCreary, and you can't craft the game plan to limit what happens Saturday. That's just that's a major unforced error, in my opinion. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in daily college sports fantasy. Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, I have listeners message me all the time how much fun Prize Picks is. Charlie Five actually texted me late last night after I fell asleep, saying like, "Hey, uh, one big on Prize Picks." So be sure to check it out when you go to Prize Picks. Uh, use promo code Locked On when you make that first deposit, and they'll match uh, whatever your deposit is up to one hundred dollars. So you can uh, get a free hundred dollars right there just for playing prize picks you can pick uh, up to two to five players over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you versus the projected numbers you also could do it with fantasy scores as well don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com today use promo code locked on or go to your app store to download the app prize picks is daily fantasy made easy
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: On this Money Monday, our guest, Lindsey Crosby. Uh, All right, so penalties. Penalty yards were a big deal, and it seems like not only were the yards a lot, but the timing of all of them was really unfortunate. Uh, But Auburn, nine penalties, 88 yards. And like I said, the timing of a lot of those was, was very, very crucial. But you've got thoughts on this.
1: Yes, I do. I mean, we had three pass interference penalties, but the thing I want to talk about is the concept of targeting. So, the the point of introducing the targeting rule was player safety, right? Like that's they told us this is why we're doing this. We want these players to understand that if you go after somebody and you hit them in a way that's going to that can hurt them, yep. we are going to remove you from the game, and if you do it late enough in the game, we're going to make you miss part of next week's game. We're going to hurt your team for you doing this. Right. So we see Kobe Hudson, who, if Auburn wins that game, he's, that's the Kobe Hudson game. He's a hero. I mean, he's a natural wide receiver. So natural. That was his coming out party. I mean, Kobe Hudson looked like the best receiver on the field. Eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Um, just looked fantastic. But, but one of them Kobe was Hudson's, a
0: one, one handed little action in the end zone. Like, give it to me, Kobe. That was awesome. Kobe
1: Hudson, emphasis on the Kobe.
0: Right. Uh, but
1: Kobe Hudson's coming over the middle defensive backs coming in to break the pass up and just blows Kobe Hudson up and they throw a flag for targeting. And after review, they pick it up. And the explanation that the, the broadcast crews trying to give is like, you know, the defensive back has the right to play the ball. The defensive back is allowed to play the ball and the contact is incidental. Nobody hits somebody that hard on incidental contact. And then you see T.D. Moultrie. We, I mentioned earlier that second sack we had. The very next play, T.D. Moultrie breaks loose. Had a lot of snaps from the interior, which I like that against a passing team.
0: Now, that was that was definitely but, a game plan thing, um, putting those guys yeah. on the inside. I like that.
1: But he breaks through. He sees Will Rogers cocked back to fire, so he leaves his feet to swat a ball down. Will Rogers pulls the ball in, so T.D. Moultrie hits the ground, wraps up Will Rogers, goes to the ground. He leads with his chest, arms out to wrap him up. And you can see T.D. Moultrie's helmet makes contact with Will Rogers' helmet. T.D. wasn't leading with his helmet. He's leading with his chest, arms out to wrap him up. Uh, As he's coming down, you see T.D. Moultrie kind of turn to the side so he doesn't land on Will Rogers. He lands on the side so he doesn't come down on top of him. They throw a a targeting flag, late flag too, review it, and uphold it. And... So my, It the, wasn't even technically was, a flag,
0: right? They just came, they huddled up after the play and oh, yeah, said, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, reviewing yeah. this.
1: It was called down from the booth. They said, hey, we want to review that for targeting so that the flag was late.
0: Which makes and, it significantly and, worse.
1: Yeah, and so to me, you have a defensive back who is not playing the ball. He wants to blow a receiver up. And you can tell because when, as soon as he gets off the ground, He doesn't even look for the ball. He just starts celebrating because he got a big hit in. He's not called for targeting. The receiver is injured. The receiver is a defenseless receiver. He, you know, he, he is on the ground hurt. Comes back in the the game later. Thankfully.
0: Thank goodness. Yeah,
1: that's, that's not targeting, but TD Moultrie who doesn't a defender have the right to play the ball. The TD Moultrie briefly leaves his feet to play the ball, gets back on the ground, hits the quarterback, no malicious intent there. You can tell because he's leading with the chest. He deliberately tries not to land on the quarterback. And they call that targeting. So don't tell me that targeting, the intent of targeting is to, is for player health and safety. Tell, just admit that targeting is to protect a quarterback. Or come out and tell me you blew that play. Because TD Moultrie, that was, there was no intent there. That was not targeting. And if the broadcast crew can admit that wasn't targeting. You know you really
0: screwed up because
1: the TV broadcast never gets anything right.
0: (laughs) No, they don't. They don't. But, I mean, that was such such a big moment. Auburn was about to force him to kick, and... Mm -hmm. Uh, that was third
1: down. It was like third and twenty-five because the previous sack or something. I mean, gave him extra a yards. Momentum swing. Yeah, they gave. Them that, extra.
0: I mean, it was a it was a ten-point swing.
1: I mean, it extends the drive. Yeah, more. I mean, that Auburn had a chance to come back and win the game until that happened. Right. That was the thing that stopped. Now Auburn lost this game. I'm not saying that the the call is the reason they didn't win. Right. But I'm saying they lost the chance to win. They lost the chance to come back when that call happened. Right. Garbage.
0: Kobe had a great game. Javarius Johnson had an outstanding game. And Short King coming out, baby. Yeah, I think Bo had a solid game. 27 of 41, uh 377 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And that also that doesn't include that 57-yard RPO, those originally called as a as a pass and then later it was um it was a backwards pass, so it, was, it was running. So I mean, he was responsible for over 400 yards. People still he want to chalk this up to Bo Nix, but Lindsay, if going into this game, if you would have been told Auburn scores 34 points, do they win without hesitation? I'm like, yes, they win that game. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I mean, they he, if the over hits in this game, Auburn wins, you know, and, and, and then to make, to make matters worse is Bo Nix did half of that on an injured ankle. I mean, he gets wrapped up, tackled kind of funny as he comes down, he gets kind of, kind of rolled up on by the defender and, He's limping around, and ultimately T.J. Finley had to come in for that final drive. Uh, we still don't, as of Sunday morning, we don't know the extent of that injury, but
0: it sounds like it's pretty uh, bad. It, there, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of rumors and message board rumblings and posters that are usually correct, saying that um, he could be missing some time with with his yeah, ankle injury. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, some of the talk is like, "Oh, yeah, he had to go to EAMC for X-rays." Let me tell you real quick, guys. Uh, the university has, like, the locker room has an X-ray machine, but they have a higher resolution X-ray machine and MRI machine than what the hospital has on campus. Like, it's not part of the athletics building, but they have it. So, it's not like 100% certainty he would have gone to EAMC. I don't necessarily think those rumors are right, but I, I, I mean, yeah, the injury is an actual injury, and so. The assumption is we're going to see T.J. Finley uh, against South Carolina. I'm going to mentally just prepare for that, and if it turns out that's not what happens, so be it. Uh, but my question to you, Zach, is if T.J. Finley is the starter for South Carolina and the Iron Bowl, does that change Auburn's expectations for those two games?
0: Yeah, I think are you I think you'll lose them both.
1: Are you... Like, are you are you okay with losing to South Carolina with your backup quarterback versus your starting quarterback?
0: No, Auburn should never lose to South Carolina in anything. In anything. That is true. Um, I mean, it's the same. It's why it makes this Mississippi State loss so much. I mean, Auburn has been way to be bigger, faster, stronger, more talented than South Carolina. South Carolina is not a good team, but it's just, at, at this point, the point of, you know, of the goal of a football team is to get better each and every week, and you can't, you can't invest all of your practice time into multiple quarterbacks. And so this this comparison between Bo and Finley, and Finley going in late, down a bunch of points, and you know he hasn't gotten a full season's worth of reps in at practice. Like it's not the same thing. Do I think Bo is the guy to start over Finley? Yes, I, I absolutely do. But yeah, I uh, you can't compare them. Just when, when Finley fails. You know, those, those final two plays against Mississippi State and the pro-Bow crowd is like, see, I told you. It's like, you can't really do that because Finley no. in that situation is set up to fail because he hasn't been given all the attention that Bo has. And you shouldn't. You should not give as much attention to your backup quarterback as your starting quarterback. It's just, that's not how you run a football team. It's not how you get better from week to week. So for him to start the second to last game, assuming he's going to, it's not going to be good because he's just so far behind where he should be over the course of the season just because of the nature of it. So mm-hmm. uh, the expectations do change, um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, if 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 Bo actually has a broken ankle, this is just me not being a doctor, but I didn't think you could walk on a broken ankle. You Can you? Is that a thing? Is it a pain tolerance thing? I think it's going to be something kind of
1: like what you saw, and this is just what I do. We make jokes about this. Bringing it back to Bragg's pitcher, Charlie Morton. Took a line drive off the shin in Game 1 of the World Series. uh, Finished the inning, went to the dugout, came back for the next inning, threw six, seven more pitches. If it's – you have multiple bones down there, and if it's like, say, the tibia, uh, it could be fractured. You still have the structural stability. It's a pain tolerance issue. It's a – you don't have your full base underneath you, you can still walk around on it, but it's incredibly painful. And so I think, I think if we find out that it's broken, it's going to be something like that. It's going to be something where it's not necessarily in the ankle. It's, it's, it's a little bit higher up on the ankle and it's one of the supporting bones versus, you know, like the femur. It's like, it's, it's something that you can walk around on it, but it's painful and it's, obviously not safe for him to play on. And that's why he probably couldn't make it back in the game. But I would guess being on the sidelines and, and not, not being fully active, it started, it continued to swell and it continued to get worse. And that's why he couldn't go back in.
0: Yeah. Hopefully it's all rumor. And hopefully he is good to go by Saturday. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried built bar by now, I don't know what else you're waiting on. Head over to built.com. Check out all their amazing flavors, uh, they've got something for everybody depending on what you kind of want. In a protein bar, or your, you know, uh, mid-afternoon snack, they're all packed with protein. They keep you full for a long time. I have mine for breakfast a ton. So check out Built Bars at Built.com and use promo code lock 15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. Lindsey Crosby, a few minutes left in this one. So Auburn now at six and four, which sounds and feels way different than uh seven and three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's assume they beat South Carolina. Let's assume they lose to Alabama, and you are then at seven and five on the season going to a bowl game. How will the Auburn fan base feel about that?
1: I think people if Auburn lost to Mississippi State in a different way. I think there would be more people who would be okay with seven and five in year one of Harson than to have lost this way. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think people are going to get over this loss for a while. This is going to be seen as one of those, like, this was inexcusable. Like, I don't understand how this happened. And seven and five, well, I mean, we saw, beginning of the season, I mean, we're we're all making jokes. Oh yeah, they said we're going to go six and six. We're definitely going to do better than that. And here we are. We could potentially lose the last four games, assuming we win South Carolina, lose Bama, and come out seven and five. I think you're going to see people want changes, and I think some of the changes you're going to want to see, uh, or they're going to want to see, are going to be Derek Mason. If Auburn finishes this season seven and five, unless Derek Mason just has an absolute amazing game plan for South Carolina and Bama, and then going into the bowl game. I don't see a way after this loss where he sticks around. I think you're going to see people want some changes. That's going to be the thing people are going to ask for because we all saw it. We saw 40 unanswered points, and it wasn't all the defense. Special teams was dreadful in this game, except right. for long snapper Jacob Quattlebaum. He, he killed it. He, he Everybody was, else he was, was great. bad. Yeah, right. Jacob's my quadal buddy. All the rest of the like the special teams. Oscar Chapman with a with a bad fake. Um, I don't know if that was planned. If that was. If that was something they did because he had trouble with the snap or something, um, we saw the bookstore miss a, miss another kick that seemed to makeable. Had the distance. Leg was off. I went back and looked. The snap was fine. The hold was fine. Well, you knew it the snap just, would be fine. You knew that. I knew the snap would be great. Right. Um, but it was, I mean, the kick was off. Special teams as a whole just looked pretty bad. And the offensive, I mean, the offense didn't do a lot after that, those first four drives.
0: Up Al- until garbage time, Auburn so, even they fumbled the opening kickoff. Fortunately, they landed back on it, but it's just like that could have been really bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't our our special teams have got to the point where I want people to just fair catch everything, just fair catch everything. Yeah, I don't have any hero, faith and confidence. Yeah, and whoever's back there, whatever we're doing, um, I do love Hunter returning kicks though.
0: I like Jarquez Hunter back there returning kicks. That's funny. I
1: am watch. a fan of that. If you now that Sean Shivers is back, if you're giving less touches to Jarquez Hunter. He had four carries for 12 yards. I don't think he was targeted with a pass. If you're, all, if you're going to give him the ball four times, put him back there for returns. I mean, that that's fine because we need something going on. But special teams is an abject – I'm not going to say disaster, but special teams hasn't been great either. And I will point out, Auburn does not have a dedicated special teams coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those things, a lot of people don't think it matters – thing that I harp on a lot they just don't have a dedicated coach just for special teams so
0: I think most teams um, don't though I I think that's a normal thing
1: some do some don't um a lot of them do not but it's something where like it's it's
0: ours is Watts right Watts is doing the special teams yeah
1: he's doing outside linebackers and special teams and as as big of a role as our outside linebackers play in the game plan and in what we're trying to do as far as pass rush and all that kind of stuff. You wonder if maybe there's somebody else on staff that could take over that role because you, you got to find somebody who one has especially experience, experience, which Watts does not. And then uh, doesn't have too much time on his position group or whatever he's doing where he can help coordinate that. I mean, you got to you got to do something because obviously what you're doing now is not working. It's not working. Life isn't working now. So it's not working.
0: Let's, and I don't know let's figure something out. I don't know what the healthy balance is of okay, you're going to have growing pains in year 1 of a program and like execution just not there. And I don't It seems like we're a little too far on the execution's not there side of the spectrum, but there is going to be a balance there where like you can't have you know, perfect execution year one into a new regime. And so, you know, what What are the correct expectations to have? I mean, you're a full season into it at this point. I mean, you're 10 games yeah. into it. I feel like the execution should be a little bit cleaner and the whole like, all right, we'll, we're still learning Derek Mason's defense. Like that's not, I don't think that's appropriate anymore. If you can't teach yeah. it to a veteran defensive group over, you know, Spring, summer, fall camp in ten weeks of 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 season. To me, it's like it's either too complicated, or you you're not teaching it well. Like, th- yeah. it, it's got to be handled by this part of the year, and it hasn't been, and that's an issue. That's an
1: issue. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the special teams thing. I mean, at some point, blocking for a field goal is blocking for a field goal. I mean, that doesn't change that much. The only real technique not not technique but strategy stuff you're working on on special teams is kick and punt coverage and kick and punt returns that's that's really it so when you see it's a combination of execution there um and then just guys trying to do too much mm-hmm. i mean that's that's all i can really think of but it just feels weird 10 games in you shouldn't be seeing these kind of breakdowns on defense you shouldn't be seeing uh you know you you, you shouldn't be seeing field goal blocks and muff punts and right fumbles on special teams. Uh, and and at a certain point, you have to say, all right, at what point do we make the change? And I think defensively, you probably make the change with Mason after this season just based solely on this game.
0: You're pretty close. You got to be pretty close to it. Yeah. And I mean, if it's if Mason is gone, and it may be a mutual thing, maybe Mason wants to leave, um, I would be shocked if the next DC is not Jeff Schmetting, the linebacker's coach.
1: It absolutely is Jeff Schmending. Um, We have heard, you and I have heard from a um, friend of the program, Brad LaRondo, they're really high on Jeff Schmending. They think he's going to be a future, head, future college head coach one day. So I would not be surprised if that was him. Um, he is the linebacker's coach. He is the defensive run game coordinator, which if that's his role, I got to say Mississippi State's the team that cares the least about running the ball, and they had over five yards per carry uh, Saturday. So uh, maybe I'm not saying he's a slam dunk right away, but – you kinda have to you kinda have to ask questions. Is it personnel? Is it is it scheme? But that does free up somebody for you to, you know, to you can bring in a new coach now. If Mason leaves, everybody else stays and Schmedin moves up one role. You can bring in, I assume you bring in a defensive backs coach because right now that's Derek Mason. Um Right. And I'm- we've seen some we've seen some issues with them. I mean, Smoke Monday, you know, looks kind of lost in coverage sometimes. When he's closer to the line, he plays great. Uh, you know, like that little Rover roll. but when he's in deep coverage, he looks a little lost and he gets beat by tight ends and stuff. And, and you have to wonder how much of that is schematic and how much of that is the player, but definitely change is going to be made this offseason based off this one game.
0: Lindsey Crosby, where can people find you and hear you? My friend, I am
1: at Auburn banker on the socials and in our discord. And you can listen to me seven to nine Monday through Friday on news talk. W a N I.
0: That's Lindsey Crosby. You can follow me on Twitter at zblack. Be me on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy, uh, in the off season, predicted Mississippi State would beat Auburn, and I gave him crap for it all season. And I got a text about the start of the fourth quarter, and I'm like, "Leave me alone, Gordy." But you nailed it. He was correct. So go check out Locked On SEC for your second listen today. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn.